I wanna give you a sneak peek that this Friday we are introducing something brand new, Gold Friday. Not Black Friday, but one week ahead of that, Gold Friday. I'm calling it Give Forward Gold Friday. So keep an eye on your inbox this Friday for a cool new partnership to do exactly what we are talking about in today's episode, which is give more. Completely serendipitous, by the way. I did not have these two planned at the same time, but I love the chemistry of it because I especially want us to give from a place of abundance where we first choose hope and joy and passion and purpose for ourselves, and then we pass that on to others, both near and far. I'm chuffed to bits you're here. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Greetings, my dear, from Joshua Tree, California. I hope you are following along on Instagram stories to see this beautiful, magical place that we are staying at. This is not the traditional place that we would go on holiday. We normally would go to a buzzy city like Paris or London or a tropical oceanfront place like Cartagena or Mexico. But when we were looking for someplace within driving distance of my family to self-isolate for two weeks after we got off the plane and also to not spend a lot of money, this was under $100 a night was my goal for finding a place since we are still paying our rent back in New York simultaneously, we came across the desert And I have to say, as soon as we got here, I felt my soul kind of go, what if we did less? What if we pushed less? What if we simplified? All of those longings that are always there for me just came out even more clear as I was doing my Elegant Excellence Goals Journal here and really tapping into how I was feeling. And that's the same energy that I want us to feel about this topic today, where a lot of times we can put expectations and pressure and feel like we're pushing. And I want to give us permission to create some space and joy and ease as in all areas of our lives today in the area of giving. So this topic came out of a listener, Wendy, who submitted the question, Hi, Hillary, could you possibly do a podcast episode on the ways different types of people can make a difference in life and contribute without feeling guilty? In Instagram stories, you said, Jeremy gives with his hands and I give with my words. It's hard for me to feel like I'm doing anything or enough with my life sometimes because I'm not constantly going to physically volunteer or be a part of in-person groups. And I thought this was such a great question because First off, there's different types of ways that we can give. We can give financial support, we can give monetarily, or we can give of our time and energy. And that might mean volunteering in person. It might mean volunteering online. It might be what we educate ourselves on and therefore the conversations that we have with the people who are in our sphere. If you are a online content creator like myself, you might have a large sphere of people that are listening to you online And we all have those people that are our immediate friends and family who are listening to the things that you're educated about, you're passionate about, and that you are therefore passing on. But I love the idea of saying, how do we give in any of these ways without feeling guilty or obligated or resentful? How do we give in a way that really makes us feel filled up and at peace with what we're doing as opposed to 
poured out, exhausted, or like no matter how much we give or how hard we try, it's never going to be enough. I would imagine a lot of us probably feel like we aren't doing enough. I know that's often how I feel. There are so many problems in the world. There are so many opportunities of good things that we could educate ourselves about. We could donate our time, money, and energy to. There are so many people that we know. We are more connected to human beings, to the news. We have more acquaintances through social media. We have more daily information stories at our fingertips every time we refresh a news browser. We are more educated. We have podcasts and documentaries and docu-series. There is so much more devastation in the world that I would imagine we are aware of than, let's say, our grandparents' generation, who knew of things that were happening, but you know they were maybe supporting the family that was going through a cancer fight right in their town, whereas you have 10 different people that you've heard of through social media that are all coming together. They were aware of the things right in their hometown and maybe vaguely what was happening around the world, whereas we know all of the genocides and refugees and floods and hurricanes and famines all over the world that we can become aware of. And I've talked very often about how because of having more opportunity than any generation before us, we also can end up more spread thin. We have the same amount of time, but we have more people, more information, more options and opportunities, and therefore we can end up feeling exhausted simply by the actual blessing of information and connections and opportunities. So what I want us to think about today is that it is a decision to choose to celebrate that we are doing something versus feeling overwhelmed that you can't do everything. It is a thought, as we talk about in episode 60 of The One, it is a thought to tell ourselves Nothing I do will make a difference. I'm only one person. I don't have that much money. This isn't really going to impact anything. There's so many things I can't even choose. I'm just going to allow myself to be overwhelmed or to choose the thought, I'm a part of progress. I am doing something in the areas that I'm passionate about. So today I want to give us six ideas that I think will really help us get to that more empowered mindset and then inspire and encourage us to give. Because it's also not about getting to the mindset of, oh, I'm sure I've done enough. You know, I've checked the box. I've done the bare minimum. I think everyone in the, the community that is Dean Street Society are the kind of people that it is really on your heart how many people in the world are hurting and you want to be a part of that. So here's my six ideas today to help us. Number one is decide on your life callings. So I've shared on this topic again extensively that I believe we all have different life callings for a purpose, that you care about the environment and she cares about homeless and someone else is passionate about foster care. And by having those different things on our hearts, all of those areas get loved. And truly, if we can focus on tapping into what are the unique causes on my life, on my heart, that I feel drawn to, and do some journaling on that. We discussed this in the Dreams episode a few weeks ago. It comes up in the portrait section of our Elegant Excellence Goals Journal, where we just tap into what are those causes. And maybe you know why, maybe you don't. You might have a personal connection because of someone in your family. 
You might have seen a documentary that really sparked something for you one time. You might not be able to explain why one specific cause just makes you want to weep and you don't even have any personal connection to it, but that's okay. That is God or the universe putting that on your heart and saying, this is something that I've given you a passion for. And to me, having that clarity really helps. Jeremy and I have talked about this a lot, you know, getting married two years ago, combining our finances, giving is really important to us. And because of now having a partner in that, I've, it has forced me to articulate more so what matters to me. And the fact that that clarity is part of what matters, because for me, if I can kind of have a honed in vision of what the things are that matter to me, then even when it is small donations, small education, small effort to put forth in some area, it makes me feel like in the grand scheme of my life, over the next 10 to 50 years as a couple, as a family, we'll be able to really make a difference in that area altogether. But sometimes when you're making one donation and that's the amount of money you have right now, or you're you know, watching one documentary, it feels like you're not really moving the needle. But if you continue to invest in those things over decades, you can really feel a lot of momentum and pride even if you don't have all the time in the world, all the education, all the financial resources. So for us, what I've come to, and this just came from what are the different areas, and if I kind of put them all down, what are the themes that I see? For me, really, it is basic human resources of food, water, education, and humanity. And that is specifically for me within the Black community. Um, This has just been the, the reality on my heart for many years now. And for me, that humanity piece has a lot to do with the social and criminal justice system and the effects of systemic racism. And it is mostly in New York for us and in the US with some global. And that's kind of our our vision. So for you, it might be the specific city that you live in. It might be one specific country. It might be a, a certain uh, issue or a suite of issues like mine that kind of all fall under an umbrella that says, this is kind of my my general ethos and some anything here feels like it's going to be momentum in that direction. Number two, after deciding on your life callings, decide on the place in the story that you want to show up to give. Are you more drawn to addressing the root or the symptom? Policies that would address the root and how we can have this be different to begin with, or programs that help alleviate the system, uh, I'm sorry, alleviate the symptoms with this being our reality. And one is not better than the other. I think when we say it like that, it can sound like dealing with the root is more important. But personally, I think the root can take longer to get to, and the symptom can be addressing it right now. And therefore, I see both as being really valid. So if you're only dealing with the root, that can mean a lot of people are hurting in the meantime while we're waiting for that to be solved. But if we're only focusing on the symptoms, then that means there's constantly going to be more people or whatever that issue is. It's going to constantly need to be helped because we aren't really dealing with the root. So an example of this would be, Do you invest time in being a foster care parent or mentoring those aging out of foster care? 
So one would be, I'm gonna deal with the younger children and be a foster care parent. Another is saying, I'm gonna deal with a second step, which is mentoring those out of foster care. Or do I want to volunteer for organizations that are trying to reform uh, the foster care system that are really dealing with the root? Or do I want to go to marches and gatherings to you know, get uh, get signatures to try to pass different resolutions that would help with the foster care system. So you can see there's three tiers there, all of which matters. We want to deal with the actual root of the foster care system that was broken and the current young children in it and the current children, you know, aging out. So are you trying to change the system itself, helping kids today, helping kids tomorrow, all of those are good heartfelt things. You just wanna get more clear on where and how within that issue you're called to, because then again, it gives you clarity that you don't have to feel guilty that you are not called to be a foster care parent if that system is deeply on your heart and you are focused instead on how we can change it from the root or on mentoring teens. And sometimes I think we beat ourselves up that there's certain things we aren't called to. And that's what Wendy's question really went back to. I felt so guilty for so many years that I'm not a in-person, work with my hands, volunteer person. And Jeremy is. He has done an exorbitant amount of volunteer work over the years, specifically with homeless, specifically with food kitchens, you know, going and physically showing up putting packages together for people, carrying heavy boxes. At our church, that's how he serves. He gets there early to set up, you know, carrying all the heavy equipment. He really gives physically. And when I had this aha that I really give with my words, I give through educating myself and then passing that on to the people in my life and uh, shedding light on certain causes, that, that words of affirmation, coaching, mentoring, all of that, that's my gifting and that's my place in the story to serve. No place is better or worse, but suddenly that frees me from the vision, from the guilt of, ugh, I'm not the person who physically goes to the homeless shelter like my husband is, or maybe for you, I don't feel called to be a foster parent like my best friends are, but is there someplace else in the system that I can show up in? And number three is decide what you show up to give because it also, as we said, can be money or time and those can be different for different causes in your life. Time, again, looks like a lot of things. It can be volunteering in person, whether that is with smiles or strong arms or a specific skill. You are going to go into uh, black girls who code and physically be there to teach how they can grow in their technical skills. Um, I used to volunteer with uh, Groove With Me, an organization up in Harlem that provides free dance classes for girls after school because those are the hours when there is the most violence in the neighborhood because the most parents are at work. So sometimes it can be volunteering with a specific skill. I felt more passionate about volunteering when I was teaching dance because that was a specific skill I had rather than showing up. So even breaking it down within that component of being present, do it, is it that I wanna use my specific skill or can I just be warm or can I just use my strength? Or this can even be conversations that you're having with your 
partner or with your friends or with your kids, helping them get clear on what their uh, strengths are and what lights them up. It can also be volunteering online. You can be phone banking or working at a call center or doing some sort of you know data entry behind the scenes. If you're a little bit shy and you don't want to interact with people, there's always behind the scene things you can do. If you want to do it from your couch, I'm sure there's ways that you can get involved online with the things that you're passionate about. Is this more politically with your vote or lobbying or propositions? Like, let's go back to the foster care system. You know, is it that you understand these are laws that have to be changed certain places? And so I think a lot of times some people think, well, you know, quote, I'm not that political. And what you mean is you don't want to get into the partisan divide of Republican and Democrat. But within your city, there are local ordinances that are affecting how the homeless are dealt with, how the uh, you know environment is dealt with. So whatever issues those are, maybe it's getting involved with the things on a local or a national level of where those really begin. And those don't have to be partisan issues that can be divisive. They can simply be time and energy that you're putting forth on something good. Or is it education, your physical community, your friends and family, your online community? Time for me in education is a big one. I work to grow in my own education of areas, and then I look for the appropriate times and places to share that with people and to to use my words and my knowledge to move a message forward. I think what is important is that we follow our passion and our joy. Because when we are depleted, we have less to give. And I think a lot of times giving and volunteerism, for me, this, the narrative has been that it came from this place of you physically go and serve someplace. And because that doesn't make me happy, then I thought, oh, well, now I'm beating myself up that, you know, I'm, I'm not a, as good of a human at this volunteering thing as my husband is because he does it in this more traditional way. However, we were we were on a team one time to pass out flyers for something at our church, like stand on the street corner when people are getting out of the subway and like pass out flyers for maybe our Christmas production or something like that. Uh, Jeremy hated it. Like he is such a volunteer and he hated it. He was like, ugh, it's time to go get rejected again. <laughs> like so many people in New York and I'm the same way too. You don't want to take flyers that are being handed to you. So he was like, this is so unsatisfying because I just get rejected all the time. Meanwhile, he would wake up at 5.30 in the morning every Sunday to go set up for our church. Absolutely no way, Jose. I don't want to commit to waking up early in the morning ever, specifically on a weekend, specifically every certain week. Um, I am one to many. I give so much of my time online um, where I am, you know, am able to do an Instagram story and I really am able to reach so many people. But I've shared here before, our church, our head pastor had asked Jeremy and I to host a small group sometime in the last year and it was a really clear no for me. And I think so many people think, well, I was asked to do this. So I kind of got to say, yes, I'd be a selfish person to say no, right? But because I was clear, how do I show up and give in a way that lights me up? I knew, no, I meant to talk to thousands and tens of thousands of people, not 20 people at a time. Most people are called to 20 people at a time, and that's amazing, and therefore that need will be filled. But that is not what is what actually authentically lights me up. And I'm not going to say yes out of guilt and obligation. I'm going to confidently 
say no because I know I'm giving in other ways and I don't have to beat myself up. So you will be asked to do things that are outside of what fills you up. Say no or know that it's a limited time thing and you're going to say yes because you really care. You're like, okay, this isn't what lights me up, but I love this person or I love this cause or I just know they're really in a bind. So sometimes we do swallow our pride, swallow our comfort zone, do something that we don't love and that's fine, but we know that it's limited. It's not the way that we are operating consistently because we realize that will deplete and burn us out. Which kind of leads into number four, which is decide on your people. You know, the same thing in terms of pouring our energy goes into not just the causes and the passions, but the people in our lives. I added a new exercise in the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal for 2021 that comes up every single month, and it's called, Who Am I Called To? And it's a list of maybe 10 people, you know, could be three or seven or 12, whoever it is in your life, but around that ballpark of people that you say, these are the people I'm really called to. They're the people I want to invest the most time in. Because I think, again, we have so many people sometimes at our fingertips and we can feel like we are too spread thin. We can feel exhausted with this, that everyone wants something from us. And I can let myself still get into this mindset when I open up my Instagram DMs and I'm like, oh, okay, I have so many DMs. Like I've got to get back to all of these people. And I would love to if there was endless hours in the day. And trust me, right now, I spend a lot of time in my DMs. But I'm also conscious that right now, I don't have kids. And if we had kids, the hours I spend in my DMs, I would directly be ignoring the children or child in front of me because I'm on the internet and and I'm talking and helping with strangers. And that I've had so many girlfriends uh, colleagues that I've talked to who've, who do a lot less in their community than I do because they do have kids and they've come to that realization. Whereas I'm not quite there yet and I can see it. But when we have that clarity of here's the people that I am called to and therefore I will go above and beyond for them. And I've talked about this on Instagram stories, just simple examples where I lay out my whole week and then my mom calls or my dad calls. And I'm like, all right, I have my day, like I have my whole week down to a T. I know exactly what I'm doing every hour because it's a big full work week. But my people matter most to me and my parents are in my small list. So I'm okay pausing and talking to one of them for an hour and then readjusting my schedule. I don't feel resentful because I'm very clear that they are my people and that takes precedence. However, if I was answering the phone for a long, long ago friend I've barely talked to and the relationship's not really reciprocal and I kind of get resentful because they're really needy and they just keep talking and they call so often, then that becomes up to me to say, I'm going to shut this down. This person is not my people. A lot of times I'll have some of my closest friends will say, well, I felt bad reaching out. I don't want to be a burden to people. And I'm like, when you are my people, it is not a burden at all. I am not bothered at all. When you have had a crap day, when you've had something big happen in your life, when you need advice, when you need a place to vent, when you need a place to cry, when you need someone to celebrate with you, you go to your closest people. And for those people, giving is a delight. It is not a drain. 
I think we mistakenly think that that we are a drain on other people if we are the person who doesn't have great boundaries, so we are often drained by other people. And therefore, we're like, ugh, I mean, I don't want to be another Susie to somebody. Man, Susie, the way she just calls, blah, blah. And I'm like, friend, it's actually not Susie's fault. You haven't put up a boundary. So now you're thinking that you're a Susie to me when you're not. You're on my who I'm called to list in my journal. You're one of my close people. So I think when we really decide who our people are, it allows us to give to them more generously. And it's the same thing as having our causes. For me, when I kind of narrow down who my people are, I can give more often, more consistently. I have more momentum in those friendships and therefore they feel more fulfilling to me than when I have three times as many people that I'm trying to keep in touch with. I sporadically talk to all of them and so my subconscious feeling in my gut is like, ugh, I'm not really that deep with anyone. I'm not that connected to anyone. So I think again, when we narrow the scope of who and what we love, it actually allows us to feel more fulfilled, have more clarity, and get more momentum. Which means, number five, we've got to decide our boundaries with our non-people. The people that are not in your small group How do we set up these boundaries? Here's just a few examples of boundary setting. So let's say someone has really long conversations with you when they call. You can either allow space for that, but then not answer the phone every time they call. Create more distance in between, so you go deep, but it's just not that often. Or they are prone to those long conversations and you just have to get clearer and stronger about going insane. I'm gonna look at the clock, I'm going to allow myself 15 to 20 minutes for this conversation, and I know what I'm going to say to get off. I'm going to go ahead and get it there. Hey, I've got a work call. I'm going to have to hop off. They keep talking. You interrupt again. You just go back in, and you prove to yourself that you can set that boundary, that you just will get it in there and have your reason why you got to get off. If this is someone who texts all the time and um, maybe they're really long text messages, You might just reply a little bit shorter. You might uh, take a little bit more time to reply so that there isn't quite that sense that I text them a novel and they immediately are going to text me a novel and reply. Sometimes it takes a little while for them to get back to me. Sometimes it's kind of short. Sometimes all they do is send a heart. Sometimes all they do is say, I'm so sorry, you're having a hard day. And you just kind of leave it at that. You just start to tamp and ratchet down what that expectation has been for depth, length, frequency. When someone says to you that they would love to get together, like, you know, people will say to me often, I would love to go get coffee sometime. I'd love to pick your brain. I'd love to get your advice on my business, whatever. I say, you're so, oh, you're so sweet. And then I change the subject. Do not say yes if you don't really mean that you want to give that person your time, your energy, your attention. Think about the trade-off. If I'm going to coffee with someone that I don't know very well, that is time that I'm not spending with my mother, with one of my best friends, with someone that I really want to pour into more. So I don't say, no, I do not have time to do that. I just don't say yes. I say, oh, you're so sweet. Hey, tell me again, what what was it that Emily was saying? Blah, 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 blah. And I just try, just change the subject. 
almost always that works to just get out of the momentary not getting yourself trapped into saying yes. Uh, when someone messages me to ask if I want to do something, I get DMs all the time asking me to be a part of a summit or to be interviewed on something, I always use the compliment sandwich. Thank you so, so much. I'm so honored to be asked. I don't have bandwidth at this time, but I really appreciate you thinking of me and reaching out. Positive, simple no, positive. Uh, If someone DMs me, now obviously this might be a little bit more unique if you don't have a larger following, but I think these things happen even in our real lives. Sometimes people get riled up on a certain topic that they want to talk about, and it's just not what you want to invest your energy into. You know, someone's got a whole long diatribe about what's happening with this group in this city. And I'm like, I'm just not an expert on this and it doesn't apply to me. And just because you're passionate about it doesn't mean that I have to get sucked into it. It could be the same thing on a DM. Somebody wants to vent about some topic. They want to talk about all the ins and outs and the behind the scenes. And I think you really can just say like, you know, uh, like respectfully, I'm going to wrap this combo up. It's I, I love how passionate you are about this topic. It just isn't a topic I'm super passionate about or I just don't have the bandwidth to dive into it deeper with you. But I encourage you to keep discussing it elsewhere. You know, you honor that it's important to them, but you don't have to take on the fact that it is an, um, you know, important to you. And finally, number six is watch your thoughts. Just because I want to give to Jeremy all the time as my husband does not always mean that it is easy to put his needs first. And it's the least easy when my thoughts are more so about how it's inconvenient for me and anything regarding selfishness rather than when I can try to get my thoughts around, I love him, what would make him feel loved, This might be a little sacrifice for me, but here's why I believe it's healthy and important in marriage to make those sacrifices, to give to the other person. This is why my marriage is important to me. This is all the ways that he gives to me. I just notice as a newlywed who's only been married for two years, I'm very conscious about my thoughts towards my husband giving towards him, being sacrificial towards him. I'm very aware of my selfish tendencies and I notice that that's a thought and it's a thought that can build up in one direction or the other. So as we said in those that aren't our people, are you complaining about someone when you really haven't set a boundary? Your thoughts are all about how exhausting they are or how negative or how much they ask when it could be Am I, it could be much more empowering, just like it could be much more positive the way I'm thinking about loving Jeremy. It could be more more empowering to say, have I set a boundary? Am I really taking ownership? Am I doing everything I can to create the environment that I want to? Or maybe your mindset is that it's all about this friend when really you have taken on too much in your life. Any friend that asks something of you, you're feeling exhausted by because actually you are super overcommitted. You have are the opposite of essentialism and everything we work on through the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal. Do you want to be someone who has more bandwidth to give to friends in hard times? Is it that these aren't the right people or actually these are the right people? You just don't have that bandwidth and that is something that an action that you want to change in your life to say i don't want my life to be this overly full what shifts could i make in 2021 because i want to be a more giving person i want to be a more giving friend because again remember when we come back to giving 
This does not necessarily mean that we're giving of our money, though that is amazing to do. It doesn't mean that we are physically going to volunteer someplace. That is amazing to do. Giving can also be, I'm there for my children and my spouse and my parents and my family and my friends, and I'm educating myself on topics. All of that goes into being the the spirit of a human that thinks about, cares for, nurtures other people, is part of humanity in that positive way. If you are seeing negative news stories, you know, maybe you're really reading stuff that's against what you believe in and so you get depleted in giving because you're so angry. Um, You know, I see so much just negative partisanism lately and I can appreciate how it can make us feel hopeless and exhausted like oh well if the horrible left wing if the horrible right wing if everyone is against this if it's all a coup then how could I make a difference you know nothing good comes from that place so I think let's notice that we're focusing on stories of hope whatever area it is that we're passionate about we're looking for areas of what has worked what people are doing, how the issue is being moved forward, what is helping, the difference that's being made. It really is a choice to look for those stories that give us more encouragement and more moment and more momentum, excuse me, to move forward into the things that we're more passionate about. And ultimately, this is all about finding more peace and pride in who we are in our passions, our thoughts, our actions, our decisions. That's really the theme all throughout the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal and also the Elegant Excellence Mastermind for those of you that are fellow or aspiring entrepreneurs, that when we aren't confident in who we are, we can second guess and feel shaken and get scarce. And I think today's conversation is really how we become more confident in what we're passionate about, the issues and the people, how we show up and give, what really lights us up so that we feel more momentum going forward and we also get less distracted and discouraged by the way other people are giving or what other people are passionate about that gets us into that place of beating ourselves up, feeling like we aren't doing enough, feeling like we aren't making enough of a difference. So today's chat to me is such a beautiful example that when we anchor within ourselves to really say, I know myself better than I did last year. And I know where, what my vision is for where my life is headed. And I'm doing better than I was a year ago at my time management and my priorities and the things that I'm pouring into from that place we can give even more. I see when women become more confident in their beauty, they can so shine brightly and give more compliments to other women, model what it means to have body positivity, beauty positivity. I see this in every single area of our lives and I'm so grateful for Wendy for asking this question so that we could also think about how when we give more to our inner peace and confidence, it allows us to give more to the world as well. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is my latest example 
of that inner peace, because I like to get really granular with what does that look like? What is having more inner peace and inner confidence look like? Because it's a very big picture kind of woo-woo, like, do you have inner peace? And when I think of it in a big picture way, I picture someone who's a spiritual teacher who meditates a ton. And I'll be honest, I've been really bad with my meditation app and that's only 10 minutes a day and I probably haven't done in months. So that's not what it looks like to me. What it looks like to me is we did not go to Joshua Tree National Park on Saturday. (laughs) We woke up on Saturday morning and we said, okay, this is our one free day to go do something. We're only here for a weekend and we'd already decided Sunday, we just want to totally chill hard at home no work, and we're about to go be around my family, which we love, but it means a lot of little kids running around, so it's kind of crazy. So we're like, we just want a day of chill and quiet, which means we have one day to go explore here. And a bunch of you had given us recommendations of what to do, and a lot of people had mentioned things in Joshua Tree National Park, and we looked those up, and the photos, I looked them up on Google and Instagram, and they just didn't really speak to us. I just didn't really have a sense of, oh my gosh, that's where I want to go. And I'm aware that in those moments, specifically when we travel, I think it really comes up because there's such a legitimate sense of FOMO, fear of missing out, because you're going to leave this place. Whereas in your hometown, it's easier to be like, well, I can go to that thing the next time. But specifically with travel, FOMO can be really big. And you can second guess yourself that my gut is saying, meh, no. But that little voice can say, but what if it looks better than in the photos? What if you don't go and then someone asks you a few weeks ago if you went and you say no and they go, what? You went all the way to Joshua Tree and you didn't literally go to Joshua Tree National Park and then you feel like an idiot because it seems like that's what everyone was supposed to do here. But for me, I can see, I really see the win that has come from my work inside the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal, inside the Elegant Excellence Mastermind, where I am far from perfect, but I am really seeing and celebrating more of these little wins for myself when I don't have this big mental debate. I have the confidence that says, you know, I looked up the things that seem popular here and other people like to do, And I'm just not really excited. And then Jeremy found this other drive and I'd never heard of that. No one recommended that. So maybe it's not cool. Maybe other people aren't going to ask about it, but that just feels right. So I'm going to say yes to that without the scarcity and the fear that maybe I'm making the wrong decision. I'm not going to try to cram in two things in two different directions. I'm just going to say, you know what? That sounds nice. We're going to go for a drive. We're going to go up into the mountains. We'll stop for lunch. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. And it's those tiny little decisions, that inner peace is what adds up bit by bit. It is what I want more for all of us. It is why I am so passionate this fall about making sure that I get an Elegant Excellence Goals Journal in the hand of as many people as possible. It's why we kept the price so low because I do not believe that a spacious life with inner and outer peace should be the price of luxury and also why I am so passionate about the Elegant Excellence Mastermind the doors of which are opening just after Thanksgiving here in the US. And I'm so honored to walk through at a low price point with a medium group of uh, beginning to intermediate entrepreneurs in 2021 to help more of you have this own breakthrough as my way to give back to you and the world beyond. I will see you back here next week with grace and gumption. 
Until next Wednesday.